I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I'm glad you're back for season two, where we have more career stories. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own story. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Sukumaran. I'm the founder of Lilith NYC, a footwear brand based in Queens, New York, and I'm here with the CoLab Career Stories podcast. I am so, so pleased to be joined by Naomi Usher, founder of Studio Usher, a full-service design firm based here in New York. Prior to starting her own studio, Naomi spent eight years as art director at Lower Magazine and at the World Walt Disney Company. Naomi, welcome. So good to be chatting with you today. Yeah, it's super great to talk to you too. I'm so glad that we're getting this time together because I'm looking forward to hearing how you've progressed since we last uh, since we last talked. Yes, I'm so excited to dive in because I think despite having met you two to three years ago, Naomi, I feel as though you have so much experience and knowledge to impart, especially since you've been running your design firm for well over 20 years. Um, so if you don't mind, I want to kick it off and ask you a few questions. Yeah. Um, can you share a little bit about where you grew up and, and where you went to school and perhaps how those experiences have shaped or led to the to, you know where you are today with your design firm? Yeah, sure. Where I grew up. Well, I grew up not too far from New York outside of Philadelphia, and um, I always lived in the same house, but my father was a scientist. So mm-hmm. um, although we did always live in the same house, we did a lot of traveling, and I lived, spent time in uh, Japan, in England, in Israel, um, and even briefly in Iran. Um, oh, and wow. the sort of culmination of the whole thing was that in my 10th grade year, my dad got a huge grant award and packed us up. Um, we were four of us. So we each got one suitcase and uh, we had one suitcase per person and we traveled around the world for a year. So my sister and I did correspondence courses and we were like three weeks here, four weeks there. And it was a kind of crazy thing to do. So um, after high school, I went to University of Pennsylvania. Um, I was an English major there. and. Um, then after that, went to um, Parsons School of Design, mm-hmm. and Penn was amazing. Uh, Parsons less so. I think they had a really um, great reputation, but the student body there was far better than the teachers. I think it's kind of different now, but uh, that's amazing. I mean, I, I'm so jealous of just hearing about your travels um, while you were young. It's something that that I love doing older, but you know, I think that's such a formative thing to experience when you're a child. Um, so that's amazing yeah. to hear. Um, so how did you get started in your career? I know that, you know, you went to Parsons. Um, has that path always been linear or did you have to pivot at, a, at a, any point? Um, yeah. How did I start in my career? So I always, I tell this story all the time that when I was at Parsons, I went to this presentation um, by this truly remarkable art director named Yolanda Cuomo. And she was working then with Richard Avedon and Twyla Tharp and all these star-studded projects. And the room was filled with students and we were really blown away by her presentation and like her presence. She's kind of amazing and funny and inspiring. And someone asked her in the question and answer phase at the end, how do you get a job with someone like you? And she said, well, you call them up and you offer to sharpen their pencils and make them coffee. (laughs) Um, So the next day, that's what I did. Um, I called her up and I offered and uh, I was definitely not the most talented person in that room, 
but it turns out I was the only person who made that call. And so I got mm. the job, uh, which totally set me on the path I went down. So I always, I think the world is a little bit different um, now as it relates to networking. But at that time, I guess nobody made those phone calls. Definitely. No, absolutely. Uh, yep. And you asked me if my career path was linear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's a funny question. I don't actually think there's anything linear about the design world. So, you know, basically if you're in the business, you have to have the motivation and the drive to cut through the forest and make your own path. Um, I think this was true when I started out and it's a long time now. Um, and I actually had to explain often the business benefits of design and why a business, um, should hire me. Um, but I think uh, that there's been inflection points in my career where I had to do like a massive pivot, such as right. I was in the magazine division. Uh, I was in magazines and um, digital totally disrupted that. And I mean, most recently when COVID hit, we sort of all had to do a massive pivot. So I don't really see anything much linear about it, although it's always been design. Right. And how have you found, I guess, in the last, you know, 12 months, you know, it's been a year since the pandemic hit. How has that pivot um, worked for you or worked against, you know, the design firm? Yeah, well, my, how has it worked against us or for us? So a lot of my clients were education-based or theaters, off-Broadway theaters, cultural institutions pre-COVID, and those People all went on pause. So yes, I've done a massive pivot. Um, but I think, um, uh, so how, I, I mean, I've done a massive pivot. I'm reaching out to talk to lots of people, I'm meeting a lot of people who are also doing pivots and frankly, mm-hmm. getting very inspired by um, where people are going and where we can go. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been hearing such great stories coming out of, um, you know, the last 12 months with women just really kind of rediscovering, you know, what their new path should be, um, you know, whether it's through some sort of a job loss or just, you know, they have to t- reshape how their business or who their client base even is. So that's that's yeah. exciting to hear. I think one of the most interesting things to me right now is that everybody's, you don't actually have to explain, right? I don't have mm-hmm. to explain why I don't have a job anymore in a certain industry. And I don't have to explain why I want a new job. And I think in a, it, with a different kind of client or a different kind of industry. And um, so I think in some respects, while there's a great deal of pain and suffering, there's also a lot of compassion, understanding and motivation to just move forward. Right. And so along the way, um, you know, you mentioned you've worked in so many different spaces, whether it's, you know, media, prints, you know, you've worked across industry, beauty and wellness, nonprofits. Has there ever been a job where you realize this was completely wrong for you or it just wasn't the right experience at that time? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had one job that I didn't like and where I felt out of place, but I actually learned a great deal from my work there that's informed my career path. Mm -hmm. So I'd been working um, in the world of big beauty and I definitely wanted to dig into something that felt more meaningful, um, something more than skincare and Botox and eyeliner and all of that. And I took a job as the art director of a magazine for women with breast cancer. It was called Man Magazine. Um, 
And everyone there was a survivor or was close to close to a, someone who had survived cancer. Mm-hmm. And they were all amazing. I, the magazine was amazing and the people working there were amazing. And it was not something that I dwelled on, this sort of connection to cancer surviving. Um, before I took the job, I mean, I wanted a mission-based organization and um, the position of running an entire, the, all the design and production of the scrappy magazine was really appealing at that time. And the work seemed important. Um, but what was difficult was how much more emotionally connected everyone else was to the product. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, as I said, I thought the, the work was important, but just... I didn't I didn't have that true gut level connection like the rest of the employees. Um, so I, it, it, I, I just it never I never settled in there and I left there to form Studio Usher, actually. And since then, I've worked for many, many purpose driven companies in mm-hmm. many different um, areas, um, investigative journalism, climate change, education, microfinance, drug addiction, teens. Um, I just did an anti-racism platform. Amazing. Um, yeah. And they're all really interesting to me. And, and so I would never say that the work at man was the wrong job or the, or wrong decision, because definitely what I learned from there has informed the success, you know, successful work later. I mean, I guess, I guess my summary would be, did I take the wrong job? Perhaps, but without that job, you know, I wouldn't have had success later. Right. And I guess that goes into my next question. Um, You know, I know that you have won so many grants. Is there a moment where you just had the most proud moment of your career? I know recently you were actually selected to be part of a group exhibition featuring creatives facing the coronavirus. Um, Has there been a particular moment that you've just, that's really kind of stayed with you? Yeah, this is an easy question. What I'm most proud of, <laughs> um, because I worked on a can. It's so easy, and you'll you'll understand when after I describe it. I um, I worked on a campaign for an organization called um, Education Superhighway, and the result of our campaign was a five billion dollar was five billion dollars in federal funding for a program, a government program, to upgrade the internet access um, in every public school in the United States, and in the end, 99% of public schools were connected to high-speed broadband, but in the interim between our campaign and that actually happening, Obama mentioned the program in one of his State of the Union oh, wow. um, addresses. Yeah, he tweeted some, <laughs> some tweets about the program, which was, my, well, it wasn't exactly my words, but it came out of our collateral and it's still to this day something I'm smiling. Can you hear? Because it's like $5 billion, <laughs> Obama tweets, Obama talks about me. He doesn't know who I am. You can't beat that. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was just going to say, it, you know, so relevant today as, as kids are working from home or studying from from home, like to be connected, that is so important to have that digital experience because um, so many folks don't have access to the internet. Well, what's most actually disconcerting about this whole program is that in 2000, so it was actually a not-for-profit mm-hmm. um, education superhighway, and they shut down or they were in the process of shutting down, which not-for-profits don't do. They had a beginning, a middle, and they solved the problem. They connected all the schools. In 2019, they were shutting down, and then COVID hit, and they stopped shutting down and amped back up. Um, with the focus of trying to connect all these kids who are now at home 
without connectivity, without the hardware and without mm-hmm. all that work. It's actually um, went from being something that felt so successful and obviously is really important moving forward to facing something that we didn't, you know, nobody right. ever thought everybody would be, all the kids would be working at home and all the implications of that are enormous. So. Yeah, it's it's been incredible to watch and just you know, just have to be empathetic with all the parents who are having to shift, um, you know, from taking kids to school and having to deal with it at home. Um, I did want to ask you also just like, you know, given everything to date, is there, you know, anything that you would do differently if you can start over? Like, what would you do differently, um, if at all? If I could do over and do differently something, uh, make an effort to recognize when change is coming to Mm -hmm. an industry and then pivot faster. Yes, move fast. Fail fast, as they say, right? Yeah, move fast, but also make time to pay attention to what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. No, I hear you. I hear that, especially, I mean, I'll speak about it later, but just, you know, the way, the word, the way, you know, the world is moving in terms of like data and tech and, you know, I've been following all the trends and it's, you can't move fast enough, it seems like these days. Um, yeah. Has there ever been like a, you know, your biggest failure? Can you share maybe a lesson learned and how that played out? Yeah. I like that you say failure and lesson learned because I don't really believe there are failures. I Mm -hmm. definitely think there are lessons learned. Um, And actually, it may sound trite, but I think we learn. I have two boys. I'm always saying this. We learn far more from our failures than our successes. We dwell on our failures when we think about them. Mm -hmm. Um, We should probably dwell more on our successes too. But um, so to answer your question, I don't think there's a failure, um, but when did I learn a lesson? Um, I think the biggest lesson I learned was when digital media disrupted print. Um, I was working in books and magazines, and I did totally did not want to face what was happening. I loved the glamour and the power and the huge budgets of the print world at that time, and I did hang on for too long. I actually, during that time, moved from, uh, I left Allure Magazine, where I was an art director, and started Studio Usher, and Condé Nast, who was recognizing the disruption, were shrinking their in-house creative teams. And so at Studio Usher, we actually picked up some amazing work, some amazing creative projects with big budgets that they could no longer do in-house because they had these smaller creative teams. And so those projects many of them still represent some of my best work. And I was deep in the weeds and hiring people and producing, producing great work. And I didn't really carve out enough time to look outside my bubble Mm -hmm. and face what was going on, think about what was going on. Um, And I should have, if I think back about it, I should have explored what excited me about digital then Yep. Um, and figured out where I could land work early on. I w- it would have been much better. I would have been able to craft my future more easily if I'd started that ahead of the... Pr- I, I just started too far behind the curve and I caught up and it was fine, but I, I could have done things quicker. Again, totally. that's the fast, that's the fast, recognize change and pivot fast. That's my, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. On that note, um, you know, the past 12 months, has there something, has there been something that you're observing um, in terms of, you know, adapting or kind of moving for the next 12 months? For the next 12 months, 
Yeah. So that, I guess that's what's next, right? Mm-hmm. What's next for me? I think this this year I am focused on uh, the work that I've been doing with small businesses and startups and solopreneurs. Um, so yeah, if anybody's looking for a logo or style guide or brand strategy website, that's me. Um, I think long term. You know, it's a little bit what I said earlier. This year's been really hard for so many people, and I'm really blown away by all the innovation that's around me. And I want to be a part of that. I think, um, uh, I think I'm I'm looking at coronavirus as like this major inflection inflection point. And I think the second part of my career is going to be bigger than the first, not smaller. And just use COVID as a time to rethink, reshape, and jump off and do something different. I love that, Naomi. And so folks can find you at studiousher.com, correct? Yes. Naomi, it was a pleasure to catch up and chat with you. Oh, you know what? It's such a pleasure. Thanks for asking me all these questions. And uh, hopefully it all makes sense to everybody who's listening. Yes. Hopefully see you soon. Thanks for listening to the CoLab Career Stories. Follow us on social media at Join the CoLab. And join us so you can tell your story.